welcome to the, the 10th episode of Cycles Podcast. Uh, today we have a special guest, uh, Zach Boca. Uh, he's the CEO of a growing fintech company, and I've known Zach since 2008. Uh, in fact, Zach was actually the first boss that I ever had, and the only boss that I've ever had. Uh, and so, uh, so very excited to, to have Zach on, on the podcast today. Um, he's building a, a really cool fintech company, um, and it'd be really cool to, it's, you know, be really fun to, to dive into his story. And so without further ado, Zach, nice to have you here. Awesome. Thanks, Jake. I'm glad to be here. So I think when, uh, as your first boss, one of the first things you said during the interview was that I'm not going to be an employee for long and I'm probably not going to be a very good employee, but, but we, we, uh, which I, 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 I share that with you. Um, I, you know, I also, um, you know, out of uh, necessity became an entrepreneur because I'm not a terrific employee, as I've learned over the years. Uh, but, but anyway, my my name is uh, my name is Zach. Um, I live in Edwards, Colorado, just outside of Vail. Um, moved out here by way of uh, Nashville and Chicago. Chicago, I had um, several startups that were. Uh, you know, spent 16 years there, and with our family, you know, growing family of two young kids, we, uh, my wife and I, were just looking to get to the mountains. COVID hit, allowed that to be possible, and allowed uh, things to be, you know, remote and as they are. Um, but I, I, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for for a long time since I was. I think my first company was when I was. Uh, I started when I was 15, um, and since since then, I've had. You know, I've mainly focused in, I started in advertising, online advertising, and then I quickly moved to web hosting and infrastructure. Um, and more recently, well, it's now been three years, uh, sold Single Hop, uh, uh, which, which, is, which is where, of course, we met. And no, it was, uh, I, I like that you bring up the, the that initial conversation we had. Uh, I remember, so I I was uh, I think I was eighteen or nineteen at the time, and like I I had, I had told uh, it was you and you and Dan Dan Ushman, and uh, we were talking, and I was like, well, you know, I, I got out of high, out of high school. I'd already been programming for five or six years at that point, right? So so it was like you know first job, but it was the also. Uh, it was like, it was first job working for someone that other than myself because I had been building you know I was a yeah. contractor for other companies for a number of years at that point right, but I remember uh, telling uh, I forget if it was either you or, or Dan but it was one of you where I was like all right I'll be here for two years I'll give you hundred and ten percent for two years but after that I'm gone <laughs> and, <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm, I'm I'm like thinking back as like a CEO now I'm like man that's kind of weird to hire someone who's like hey i'm out in two years because like you spend so much time getting someone involved in the culture and everything but i mean it ended up working out well and uh you know oh, like yeah. uh, <laughs> there's a lot well, of no, <laughs> i i feel like the way you were a client i think right uh yes it, a, a really discerning um uh client who found all of the things right or wrong and i and i think it sort of started like i think i basically just said listen you have such a long list of things that we're doing wrong why don't you just come in and fix them like why don't you you know <laughs> let's let's team up here and you're like listen okay fine i'll do that and you you uh i think you rewrote a bunch of anyway i won't brag on you too much but it but it uh it it definitely 
you know, what, what, what you came in and did really quickly dovetailed into probably, you know, why we invested, you know, why I invested in Cycle. Um, it was a good chance to, you know, to kind of see how you work, the madness, you know, the pace that you work at, and, uh, and it, you know, kind of put us in a better spot at the time. Well, and, and one of the things that I, I really appreciate, appreciated about you and you and Dan was, again, it was my first job. I didn't know, like, what my skills were worth at the time. And so I remember during the first conversation with, I think this one was with Dan. Um, but uh, we, we we were chatting and uh, the, the question, or Dan asked the question, like, hey, what are you looking for salary was? I was like, I don't know. Like, I've never worked for one. Like, I mean, you have that imposter syndrome where you're like, do I really know what I know? Or is it just like, do I think I know more than I actually know? And so I remember telling Dan, I was like, I have no idea. And I was like, how about I start, how about, how about 30,000? And Dan's like, he's like, there's zero chance that you're worth less, you know, you're, you're like, you're worth, you're worth more than that. And so I remember yeah. him saying, um, I think it was him or maybe it was you, but one, one of you said, okay, let, let's start you out 45 and then in 90 days we'll reevaluate. And yeah. so I was like, great, like, because I had, I had, you know, I had no idea what my skills were worth at that point. And so I remember we started yeah. and I think the first two weeks we were, you know, I was working on the Leap Project. And then like two weeks in, I was like, we're going to rebuild this. And everyone's like, why? Why do you, why should we rebuild this? And I was like, well, I, because like there's so many things wrong, <laughs> let's rebuild it. And uh, I remember yeah. that we had, um, we were going out to Cloud Expo. Um, we were going at the, the Cloud Expo West, I think was the name of the conference. Um, it we, was like three we, months the, later. Well, yeah, the business was doing really well. It was a good, you know, good time to start the company. Uh, we were one of the first, I, I would say, focused on automating deployment of infrastructure. One of the first few. And Amazon yeah. hadn't latched on and, you know, really beat up the space and owned it. But we... You know, we threw this big at Cloud Expo. We had billboards all around Santa Clara, and we had this big venue rented where we were having this night party. And we're all sitting there in the lobby. We're just basically watching Jake just like finish it. Like, <laughs> all right, Jake, we launched this thing in three hours. We have dancers, we have like DJs, we have 300 people coming. Are we going to be done? No pressure. Um, but it's, you know, it's funny you say imposter syndrome, though, not to kind of step away from this imposter syndrome with entrepreneurs is so real um it you know i even you know i've now sold four companies but i still find that that you you know you're always sort of measuring against someone else's linkedin or what someone else has done um and and it's and it's not it's not always like a an accurate reflection of 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 you know it's like it's 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 an interesting mental thing to deal with as an entrepreneur, um, but how has that been for you know for for you as you've grown cycle and changed and raised rounds and grown the business and all of that? Yeah, I mean, so it it, it was really interesting because. Um, like I, I, I think I used to suffer from imposter syndrome a lot more than I do now, and I think there was a point probably, maybe early last year, um, where I was like, okay, no one else has any idea how to do this either. Everyone else, because like I mean, we have we have thirty four angels yeah. invested in our company, and out of those thirty four angels, twenty nine of them are either current or former operators, and many of them serial op serial founders, where you know they're building new companies. And every single time, like you know, people who have had you know home runs, sold companies for hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, they're starting out. Um, 
like we have one well we have uh, a kind of a, a quick detour story we have one angel who um who you know has been very 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 i mean sorry we have a number of angels who've been very successful but we have uh one angel in, in particular who's been wildly success, uh, successful one of our one of our super angels um and i um a week ago maybe maybe two weeks at this point he reached out to me he's like hey i, I i'd like to get your thoughts on lead gen I'm like, dude, you sold a company for almost half a, for almost a billion dollars. Why are you talking to me about lead gen? And you know, but it's but it's it, it's it's nice because when you realize that even other people who are really successful in this, everyone's always kind of bouncing ideas because at the same time, like I mean, as you very well know, the the way you do marketing is constantly changing. Uh, you know, the way that people yeah. did SEO five years ago is not the way people do SEO today, and so it's always nice that you even if you've done well, or even or if, whether you've done well or whether you're a first-time founder, being in that position where you're just kind of always figuring it out and knowing that other people are doing the same thing helps you know mitigate a lot of that imposter syndrome a lot. I think, and it, but it takes a lot, sometimes it takes a while for people to it kind of for it to click to the point of where it's like okay, everyone else is just figuring this out because like yeah. One of the other thing that's always really frustrating is you always hear about, okay, it's an overnight success. You always hear about like how a company went from nothing to, you know, this massive growth, right? I mean, even Docker, right? Every, you know, Docker yeah. turned down, it was like a $3 billion acquisition offer at one point, which was completely dumb of them. But everyone was like, hey, you know, this company, you know, Docker, they were two years old. They went from nothing to, you know, a potential $3 billion acquisition in two years. Um, but everyone forgets that they were a company called Dot Cloud for five years before. And it's the same thing with Snapchat. Snapchat was Peekaboo. And then with Slack, everyone's like, oh, Slack was this overnight success. But Slack was yeah. a game development company before they became chat, right? And so when when you start to remember that, okay, all these companies that are reaching you know, this, this big milestone of becoming unicorns, so much of it was you know, kind of hidden and, you know, no one ever tells a story of the companies when they're in that grind mode that, you know, they're just doing their thing. Um, and so it's, it's yeah, always you, kind of important to remember to, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When you're looking in on a story and a press release, it's all, you know, it's all been formatted in such a way and the story's told to, to really kind of see the, you know, just the, you know, the high points and the instant success and they nailed the message and, and all of that, but but yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's all it's all. We're in this stage now with the with my existing company, where where it's it's firefighting. Like it's it's pain. You know, it's a lot of integrations and firefighting and, and figuring it out and and uh, um, yeah. And I you know everyone has a different opinion and and, and um, you know and you just kind of have to take all the data that you can and and and. Uh, you know, continue to improve, but, but yeah, it's, it's, a um, it is, it is, a you know, funny looking back on success and, you know, and, and how it, how it later seems easy, but during, during it, it's, it's, you know, it's all about iterating and change. It is. And I think so much of it comes down to luck, knowing the right people at the right time. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, like, like, and that's the thing with cycle. Like I've always had confidence in my technical abilities. Well, maybe not always, but single hub helped with that. Um, but, uh, there's so many other things that go into building a company. It's not just, can you write code? And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've had to learn over the last two years. Like, I mean, for the first five years of cycle, I was writing code every single day and now I write code maybe 10 to 15% of the time. It's all, uh, you know, marketing and sales and team growing and things like that that make up most of my day now. Um, and so it's, it's just, it's just that transition that has to happen with, with, you know, anyone building a company. 
Yeah, I'm. I, you know, I'm curious because I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of turn this around on you because you've had a different, uh, a, a bit of a different view than I than I. We've talked about this before. My the companies yeah. that I've started have have been really just like go 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 go. There's a market opportunity, hit it fast, hit it hard. And what what I've admired about Cycle, and I'm curious where you kind of land on this now, but what I, what I've admired about Cycle is that you've been able to kind of think this broader, longer-term vision and think that the world's going to look more like what we're doing. And so we'll, we'll be more methodical. We'll develop the right customer experience, which, by the way, we're now a customer, as you know, and the experience is like, like it's really solid. Um, but, but, but that took time, and that was like a lot of iterating, and that was, that was more patience than... Than, than, than you know we had at our prior companies. We were, a little, we were definitely more marketing, sales, go-to-market oriented, where tech was maybe 25%. Um, but but I, I'm, I'm curious where you kind of draw inspiration from for that, for that patience, because it's, it's been a big part of Cycle's story. Yeah, I mean, so the first thing is the long-term bet that we were making was, um, so when we started Cycle, it was the idea that, um, you know, Kubernetes, Docker are, are, are growing, uh, you know, those are where the hype is. Um, but along with that hype is also following the same trend of OpenStack. And it was back when I was a single hop that everyone was talking about, hey, if you're not using OpenStack, you're doing it wrong. No one cares about OpenStack anymore. No one's talking about yeah. it, right? And right. so the idea with Cycle was that, well, you know, Kubernetes and Docker are going to run that same life cycle. It's, it's the, it's the, there's, there's a lot of pros to open source software, but there's a number of cons as well. And one of those big cons is when you have all these companies pulling your product or your open source you know, solution in their own approach, sorry, in their... When you have all these companies pulling an open source solution in the, into the direction that you want it to be, as opposed to kind of like a centralized, very clean approach, uh, you end up with this with this offering that's harder to manage. And so um, our our long term bet was that hey, you know, we expect Kubernetes to grow to to achieve that peak hype, but at some point it's going to not be that way anymore. And that's kind of like the, the crossing the chasm book that I have behind me, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's that, there's that chasm where at some point people decide, I don't want to do it the hard way anymore. I don't, I don't care about getting into the weeds. I don't care about customizing everything. I just want it to work. And if it works and it's stable and it's a clean experience, that's what I care more about than, you know, changing every dial and knob, right? And so our, our, our bet was that, you know, Kubernetes would go up, but then at some point as it starts going down, Cycle would have enough awareness um, to be in that good position at that moment in time. So to your question, uh, a lot of it has been, hey, you know, we've been early and our story has really, really started to resonate a, a lot over the last probably eight months. We, you know, we, we've had, I had three more uh, meetings this morning with, with potential customers and we're getting in front of bigger companies now that are saying, hey, we tried the Kubernetes approach and we spent a million and a half dollars on it over the last X number of years and it hasn't made us a better company. How can we move forward more effectively? And so like we're, we're, we're finding that spot now, but it's, 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 you're right, it took a lot of patience to get there and it took a lot of being able to tell that story to investors and saying, hey, like, you know, the tech is solid. We have great adoption. We have very, very, very low churn. 
this is this is a timing thing and we need to be in the market yeah. at the right time but it takes years of development to be at that spot at the right time and so that's one of the the interesting things that that happened and it's why we, for at least for you know the first six years of the company why we've only raised from angels because we knew that if you know in year one we went out to a vc and said hey we're going to build this from the ground up and we don't expect to make really meaningful money for a couple of years i don't know if a single vc would have backed that but at the same time we had angels that were like hey I believe in that. Like I've bootstrapped companies before. I understand the grind. I understand the process. Um, let's do it. And because of that, and because of the the network with angels that we built up, it's allowed us to do that. Um, now you asked, like, has has my perspective of that changed over the years? Uh, and it has a little. I wish we had started marketing probably a year to a year and a half earlier. Um, uh, I mean, I think that we're, we're in, the, in a good spot today. Um, we have a, a new head of growth starting, uh, you know, actually next week. Um, yep. And, you know, so it'll be nice to have someone who's, you know, been there, done that in terms of, uh, you know, having that on our team, which is, which is really exciting. Um, but, I mean, as you know, marketing is a long-term game. It's, you know, no matter how much money yeah. you dump into it, it's still going to take some time to have that credibility and awareness. And so, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm very happy with how we, we built our tech. We, we did it the right way. We did sacrifice on quality. We, um, we, we cut lean. But I do wish that we had started marketing uh, probably a year to a year and a half earlier. Yeah, yeah. You know, what I've learned, because I've had different companies sort of work at different paces. And I've also invested in companies that work at different paces. And, you know, kind of back to the comment earlier that no one really knows anything or like, no, you know, it's just like, like it can all be done so differently. Um, and I, and I, and I think, I think we're in this environment where it's all about MVP. It's all about getting to market fast. It's all about early traction. It's all about these things that don't quite allow to be at this intersection as users are moving from, for example, Docker, Kubernetes, and adopting more container services, and it's and it's really the same as as with Alt Exchange. You know what's what's happening in 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 our space. So so can I give you a little bit of background on Alt Exchange? Yes, for the, yes, for the definitely. Viewers we'll, we'll, and listeners? Let's dive in. Okay, so so here's what's ha broad kind of big picture. Um, uh, alternative assets, as, as many people know today, are, are anything that sort of fits outside of equities and bonds. And, and so 10 years ago, if you were to put together a portfolio, you would more than likely allocate somewhere along the lines of 60% to equities, 40% to bonds. Um, family offices and institutions, sovereign wealth funds, the Yale, you know, Yale um, endowment, Yale endowment has a 4% allocation to equities. All family offices on average are, are allocating 50% to alternatives. They have, they have really pretty small allocations to equities. And so an alternative asset is just an alternative to traditional asset classes. And, and so, so what AltExchange does is much like what Schwab does for your equities. It gives you a place to log in uh, so that you can see it, you can download statements, you can see documents, you can understand the performance. You can, if you have, uh, if you have an advisor that looks over your account at Schwab, they can also see the same information. If, if, you, if you die, there's a login where all of this exists. There, there are tax documents you know, that all live here. 
Um, there's, there, there's sort of like if you were to broadly look at it, there's, it's, it's efficient. Uh, it's an efficient way of an investing. You log into your Schwab account, you make an investment, you know how it performs. Alternative assets do not work this way. And what's happening is that alts are coming down market, which is great. Regulations have kept up. After the depression, you know, the, the, the SEC and regulatory bodies basically said, let's not allow alternative assets to fit in smaller investors' portfolio, which, which is, was right for the time. But really today, I mean, options are important. Alternatives are really important. You can't, you know, a small investor investing in bonds is getting, you know, effectively a zero today. So we need alternatives. And so, it's, so regulations have caught up. It's just that the smaller investor isn't prepared the way that Yale is. They're not resourced the way that the way their family offices or sovereign wealth fund. Um, and so that's where Alt Exchange comes in. We we consolidate all of your alternative investments. We we have to do lots of things. It's a very paper based PDF based environment uh, where. You get tons of statements, but none of them actually tell you how they're performing. And, and so it would sort of like being, it would be like being, being invested in Amazon and, and just having financials to read and go, well, I think that's okay. Um, you know, we actually did a survey, less than a third of investors in alts understand how their alts are performing, which is ludicrous, it's, it's crazy. So, so, so we're the platform, the ecosystem, this, you know, this tool where you can aggregate all of your alts, um, see their performance, meet capital calls, see, uh, do things like um, run reports on net cash flow, uh, all of the things that you would sort of expect in your Schwab account. We want to bring that and make it far more efficient for the average investor through Alt Exchange. And it makes a lot of sense. And you know, you, you and I have, have, have uh, you, know, you and I have, have talked about this uh, in, in a lot of extent over over the the what has it been a couple of years now that you've been working on this. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I mean, it's it's an obvious problem. Um, but one thing that I've always been curious of with 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 alt and stuff is the. Um, is is kind of the the, the makeup of, of what that looks like um you know i guess so with the platform that you've built um and that you're sorry yeah. that you're, you're continuing to, to build as well um is there a a asset class of alternatives that most people uh seem to like if, if let, let me rephrase this if people are creating an account uh on alt exchange and they're starting to add things uh, have you, do you have enough data yet to figure out like, hey, are most people investing in real estate? Like, is that the main thing that people are tracking uh, within Alt Exchange, or is it some other class? Well, I think no, it's a good it's a good question. I think that it's all become more accessible. Whether it's collectibles, um, think about think about kind of this isn't quite your question, but think about this when. You know, let's just say that you're investing in a mutual fund that you feel has low correlation to overall equities. Um, it, it, it'll still likely have some correlation, like you're taking a bit of a gamble or a bit of a bet. The interesting thing about alts is that you could have a Porsche collection, you could invest in a fund that invests in classic cars, you can invest in wine, which, which 
has no correlation to stock market, but but it has it has a higher correlation to the weather and uh, or you can invest in apartment buildings or but 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 generally I think that uh, investors um, make their way through crypto. They crypto's been massive for you know for alts um, through owning real estate direct, so owning single-family houses and then eventually deciding that's too much work or you want to take on more of it and scale up your business. In my case, I, I started as an operator of businesses. I, I thought, you know, um, the fact that I can get on the phone with a fund manager, talk to them about their, their, their strategy, understand what they're doing, um, uh, is really appealing to me, and and at the time when tweets would get sent, you know, that's when I started investing, and they would have a massive impact on the market. I just found that to be ludicrous, and and I, you know, I just that's that's not what I that's not that's that's not the type of portfolio that I want. So so for me, I gravitate toward private equity funds. Those may invest in companies like yours or mine, or they may be later stage and, and invest in pre-IPO shares or secondaries. Um, I, I gravitate to private or to, to venture funds. Those are more, more early stage real estate funds. Um, but but here's here's the importance of this. Um, uh, companies are staying private for longer. Real estate, you know, as liquidity increases in private markets, companies can stay private for longer. And as that happens, REITs aren't as competitive in buying, you know, real estate. That can just be purchased in private markets. And so there's less, there's less appreciation that's being captured in public markets and more that's being captured in private markets. And that's why you've seen higher risk-adjusted returns in private markets than you have in publics. I mean, look at Stripe, Airbnb. Like these guys are massive, and there's a tremendous amount of private, you know, you know, appreciation that 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 has happened in private markets before they go public. And so, so really, it's just a way. Like, what's really encouraging about the last five or six years that smaller investors can can access these things. And as you as you've been building Alt Exchange, and you've been, I, I imagine. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine one of the biggest issues that you're having to deal with is okay. You know, it's really easy to track a stock price. You can connect to you know a, a data feed, and you can just track that. But as you're starting to aggregate, like you know, I, I can just imagine this is the, this is me wearing the developer hat. I can imagine that if I'm tracking the you know estimated value of a real estate property versus the value of uh, a piece of artwork or, or something. Tracking those two things is a very different mindset. Um, and so I w- would love to hear uh, as much as you can share about how uh, you're, you're able to track that. Yeah, so, so it's, uh, I mean, this is the whole, this is where we add value. You can be turned off by something that, that, that seemingly doesn't seem scalable. Um, or you can look at it as an, you know, as an opportunity. And Paul Graham talks a lot about this, you know, from Y Combinator, that, 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 you know, you, if you can really make the, the seemingly unscalable scalable, then that's where you, that's where you've added tremendous value, right? And so when we looked at this, 
everyone ignores this space from a portfolio aggregation perspective, like Plaid and personal capital. No one, no one's aggregating your investments from from these private sources because it's not structured. It, it takes it's it's not pretty. It's messy. It's 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 a lot. You know, it's kind of firefighting is what it is. But the where we start is it, where we've started is with professionally managed funds. And, and it's gotten far easier for, for people to set up SPVs and funds and to have a GPLP type structure where you issue distributions and all of that. There are um, those funds are, are typically uh, audited on a quarterly basis. So if you have a, if you have a real estate fund, you're going you're gonna, to uh, ascribe a value to the overall real estate portfolio every quarter. And you'll send out what's called a capital account statement. The capital account statement helps us understand the valuation change to the underlying assets. And, and so we, we, we have focused the last, we've been, we, we've been building Alt Exchange for 15 months now. And, and we've been uh, really focused on just how well this can scale. Um, you introduced us to one of your clients, a, a venture studio, uh, uh, Inventives, um, uh, who who have who have really helped us you know be, begin to solve this problem, but it's but it's uh, um, uh, we're we're basically to answer your question, we're not starting with the hey I have a rare Porsche or I have a th- couple bottles of wine what are they worth, that'll that's sort of low value add and we'll get there at some point where we're starting though is you're an investor in private equity you're an investor in venture funds. Instead of buying muni bonds, you decided that you're going to invest into a, a lending fund, which pays 10 or 11%. And, and that's, that stuff's actually, when you get the system down, it's pretty easy. It's what's the, what, how much have you contributed to the investment? Um, how much have you gotten back in distributions? And then what's the value at the end of the quarter? And so we take all of that data, which typically lives in a PDF, we extract what we need, and then we turn it into transactions, which, which make, make its way into Alt Exchange. The experience that we're, that we're coming out with and, and aiming to continue to improve is a plaid-like experience for your alternative investments. And so you should be able to search for Carta, for Fundrise, Yield Street, for a KKR fund or a Carlisle Group fund, you, you should be able to search for these things, authenticate, we'll consolidate all of your documents, we'll process the ones that we need to, we'll sync it every day so that we have your tax documents when they come in, you don't have to log in to 42 places, and, and we'll show you historical performance um, in a way that's just a real, from a real source of truth. It's from actual statements and transactions versus kind of the narrative the fund gives you. And so you mentioned something uh, a minute ago or so that stood out, which is the PDFs. And okay. again, this is, this is my developer hat, because like, I mean, like I, I you know, I, I mean, obviously, I, I think there's a huge amount of value in what you're building, and I think it makes yeah. a lot of sense. But at the same time as you're, as you're, you're describing these, I'm also thinking like, how would I, how would I build that? How, like, how, how would this be structured? And so as you mentioned, these reports that you're getting that are PDFs, I'm guessing these aren't, aren't standardized PDFs. Like, I'm guessing that every, every fund might have a variation to their PDF. Like, they might have the same information, but it's not the same template. Or am I wrong? 
No, no, you're you're exactly right. What so so we have you know we're using um, uh, natural language processing and different abilities to read you know to extract the you know extract from the PDF what we need. There you know there there are really three documents that matter. There's a distribution notice. There's a capital call notice. Those are both very easy. Those are exceptionally easy. You can say it 42 different ways, but at the end of the day. Each one has a date and each one has a value, and so those are you know fairly easy. The capital account statement, uh, those can be really tricky, um, and so so what we're we're focused on, um, we want this to be part. If you have any any alternative investment, we want this to be the platform that you. Our go to market is that. Uh, we have uh, we're, we're we're effectively free up to 10 million in assets, so you can manage 10 million in assets for for completely free, and and so we're, we we see a lot of data. We're going to see a, a, a ton of these statements, and 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 so you know if you think about it, as we train our system, we're training far more up front, but but we expect after six months or so, you know we're 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 pretty well. Um, you know, we're not seeing massive variations in, you know, in terms of uh, how, how, how data is formatted. And we also, much like Ments, we're giving customers the ability to say, here's the document. That's not quite right. And this is, this is what the number should have been. And so, so as we scale the business, we get, this, we get this improvement to how well we recognize data because of our customer's input. And that's, I think that's, you know, as, as from a technical side, that's the thing that I completely love about what you're building is you're solving, in, you know, uh, something that probably, you know, if we, if we rewind 10 years and someone was to build this type of company, they'd be like, all right, let's go and hire, you know, 20 contractors who are just going to just index and scan through these documents and just type up the numbers. But you're solving a very complex problem, but you're doing it in a modern way where, as you said, as you continue to train that machine learning model, you'll be able to be in a position where you're, you will only get more accurate over time. And, it's, and that's just a very scalable approach, uh, which, is, which is something that is, 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 is really fascinating. And so, so as you're as you're uh, as as you're growing your company, have have you uh, gotten to a position yet where you found the uh, have you decided on like a, a pricing model or, or you know as you as you're bringing on your early uh, your early customers, uh, what does that look like? Yeah. Well, so so you know I've written a bit about this, and and it's really a concept of David Sachs, um, you know, from Craft Ventures, but it's. Our goal is to enable multiplayer mode as quickly as possible, and and so so you can take a guess at what multiplayer mode is. I mean, if you think Slack um, and many other tools, it's we want to be effectively free for the average user, um, for the average investor. At some point, when you start looking like a family office or a really sophisticated user, and you need more. Uh, maybe you need someone in accounting at, at Alt Exchange to make sure that entries are correct, and you need to be able to add other users to your team. Then, then, then we'll monetize. Like there, 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 there's a there's a fee at that point. But, but really, when we talk about multiplayer mode, we want you to invite your financial advisor and your task your your, your tax advisor, and and that's who we want to monetize in our early days. So we really want to see a lot of data. We want to get high numbers of users into this into the system that we're building to be very scalable, and then and then the metrics that we'll track are 
how many of our users have enabled multiplayer mode? How many users have invited their advisor and invited their tax advisor? The, for financial advisors, it's interesting. Um, a lot of these guys avoid financial advisors because they just, they, they don't, advisors don't have um, the tools, they don't have the resources to, to see how their clients are investing in alts. Um, and so a lot of the time you sit down with your advisor and it's basically, let's talk about what you have here at our particular bank. But if it's outside of a product we've sold you, we really can't help you. And, and high, wealthier clients are demanding, you know, demanding access to alts and they're demanding that their advisor, you know, have, you know, better understand how they're investing. And in the financial advisory world, this is called knowing your customer. Um, and so, so we believe that this tool, you know, the, the platform we call it AdvisorView, gives advisors a strong way to differentiate with wealthier clients and with their clients overall as they adopt more alternatives to better manage, to give a better experience to their clients. And then with tax advisors, you know, at the end of the year, they're spending a third of their time just collecting K1s, getting K1s. It's it's a uh, it's a real problem for these for these uh, for these guys. So so initially, we want we're we're targeting through content, SEO, social, um, you know, in different you know pretty low cost ways. We're targeting investors who then come in, enable multiplayer mode, invite their advisors. Um, that's, that's really our go-to-market and our, and our pricing, uh, strategy. Got it. And so as you, as you're diving into, uh, you know, bringing on your, your, your earlier customers, is there a certain niche that you found works really well uh, to date? Well, what we're finding right now is that, is that, um, uh, well, let me, let me say this. As we build the product in these early days, we're really focused on this, on this like building for a highly complex customer. Um, you know, it's a lot like, um, you know, what Airbnb did as they, you know, they, they, they wanted to build this experience so you could effectively live this, this uh, uh, personal and local experience. And, you, and you, maybe you don't have to have a home, you could live on the road and experience these, these, these different cultures. and. Um, that's that's not how the majority of their customers use their service, right? Uh, we take a vacation, but we but we still get the benefits of getting a personal experience and you know a more local connection to the host. And so so our highly complex customer is someone who has uh, many different investments uh, in alts. They they have few resources. Uh, they don't have, they're not a family office. They have few resources. They, they need us to give them this tool to manage their private equity investments, to manage capital calls, to manage you know, a lot of these things. And, and so, so we wanna save them, them a tremendous amount of time. As we kind of get further out, our, you know, our, you know, our sort of the 80% of our business probably won't look entirely like that, but that's, but that's who we're building for right now. So, uh, the founder of iCapital um, just invested in the company and came on as an advisor. iCapital is a 
um, recently valued, it's public, six billion. They're the they're one of the they're they're the largest feeder fund business for alternative investments, and so they they feed out their products. You know, they're invest. You know, they 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 set up these big feeder funds into different asset managers. They feed them out through RIAs. The founder of iCapital, Dan Vinay, reached out and he said, you know, listen, I want to, you know, I want to talk about what you're doing because, like, I have this problem, and you know, and I, you know, and I basically run the biggest, you know, alternative investment shop. I don't have a family office. I have these time constraints. I don't know how ever, you know, these these uh, these uh, funds are performing. So we're really targeting at the moment these types of folks you know highly complex but 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 they don't have a family office well and i think that's it, it, it's i mean there, obviously there's a lot of differences between our two companies um you know be, from what industry they're in to uh, our target customer like just completely different things yeah but the fact that i like that in common is you and i both had a problem that we needed to solve personally that because i mean i think you, I think there's some entrepreneurs out there where it's like, hey, you know, they have the entrepreneurial bug, but their goal is just to go out and build something because they just want to build something, right? But I think when 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 deep down you're solving a problem that is like, you know, a huge annoyance to you, like I mean, a Cycle is built because before, you know between between single hop and building Cycle, we were a dev shop for three years, and we kept building projects and projects and projects for other companies. And every single time we'd start another project, it was oh, we have to redeploy all this stuff, we have to rebuild that foundation. Then it was just incredibly annoying. So that's kind of how it started leading to all right, let's build Cycle. And so it's it's a really you know it's always nice to have other entrepreneurs that are like hey you know in your case as I'm managing all these alt these these alternative investments, it's it's been such an annoyance to me. There has to be an easier way. Oh, there isn't. Let me build it. Yeah, no, it's a it's it's a completely different experience uh, to building a product and to having you know into you know into really having kind of your um, uh, you know the whether or not you're successful, but even but even whether or not you burn out on the project, there's there's not a lot of longevity to build like this is this is really hard right i mean we all know this it's it's really challenging you 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 make sacrifices in the time that you spend with you know with your family and different things and it's and it's hard if it's not a problem that that really keeps you kind of awake at night and keep you know and also keeps you energized at at, at fixing so so no i would agree 100 percent. and that's for me that's been a nice transition we had a lot of things to you know that 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 we were figuring out first at single hop and there was a lot of fun to that um but when i look at what i'm doing now um i want to see uh you know i have this problem and so so i've been able to you know to you know to to kind of have this built-in passion for you know for solving it for myself but then but then it's nice to be able to say alts are coming down market if you sort of backtrace like you fast forward 10 years I really do believe that the allocation, the traditional allocations that we've that we've had, 60-40, I think that looks massively different. And so so I believe that smaller investors will get to the point to where it makes total sense for a smaller investor who just has crypto and, you know, they have, a, you know, a, a single family house and they've invested in a startup. We'll get to the point to where it makes sense for you to be on a platform like this. Uh, for a, for a, for a variety of reasons, and and so it's fun developing a project that 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 stems from kind of passion you have, and you know, you know um, where you see the space going. 
helps it, it helps you see where the space is going. Yeah, well, and, and I think that uh, kind of you know brings everything full circle because that takes us to the start of the podcast where we were talking about patience. And I think if I was, you know, in terms of like the question, you know, was how, how have you had patience building cycle? And I think there's, there's three things that it comes down to, which is a lot of it has to do with this current conversation, which is one, you know, if I go out today into the market and say, Hey, if I wasn't going to use cycle to solve this, how would I do it with other, with other products? And it's still super complex and hard. I'm like, no one is solving it this way. No one is making is actually making it easy. And so that keeps me going. Number two is when you give those demos of your product, and I'm sure it's the same for you, but when you give those demos and you have that magic moment where the person on the other end of that call is saying, Wow, wait, this you can make this easy? I didn't realize it could be this easy. I spent so long doing it the hard way, I didn't realize it could actually be easier. Um, the the you know, that magic moment is is or in, in seeing that reaction from from people during demos is is super motivating. And then three, just as we were just talking about, when when it's a problem that you that you have to solve or when it's a problem that you have personally, obviously me being a developer containers are very fundamental to that i think it's those three things together that help that patience and uh for a founder to be able to say hey i'm i'm in this for the for the long term i'm willing to to take the risk i'm willing to deal with the time commitments that this is going to take and i i i I understand that i'm going to be on a roller coaster for a number of years i think if you have those three things uh that's how you can keep moving uh through that even 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 during the times where things feel like they might not be working yeah totally um no, it's funny you say that. I, I, I believe that I, um, I recall when you found that, when, when I, I like brought up to you at one point something single hop was doing and you were like, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's not, that's not what the future looks like. Like, like the future is like this, this, this <laughs> thing, you know, the container, like it fixes everything and on and on. Um, but yeah, no, you, um, it's a different level of passion that you get when you, you know, when it's a, when it's a real problem that you're, that you're dealing with. Um, yeah, totally well, that, agree. That's one of the things that we've learned uh, recently, and uh, you know, sorry to derail, but it's it's very applicable. Yeah. Um, so for the last two years, um, we've been, you know, uh, so I mean, we've only really ramped up our sales team in like the last five months. Um, five, six months ago, we didn't even have, we had never had a salesperson in the company. Now we have, well, we have one, and we have a, the second one starting next week, um, and then we have a head of growth starting next week too. So it's it's neat seeing that transition from a development focused company into you know still being technical, you know, a technical company, but growing yeah. the other side of the business as well. But uh, like I was saying, if um, over the last you know X number of years of growing the company, we've been mainly selling to CTOs. And it, it was always really interesting because like, you know, you're hopping on the, you're, 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 you're messaging people via LinkedIn or however, you know, you're, you're reaching out and you're saying, Hey, you know, I have this easy way to do things. And some of these CTOs are saying, Oh, that's neat. Like I want a demo. Others are like, eh, I don't really care. And it was weird. Like it took a lot of, uh, it took a lot of effort to get in front of the CTOs to get them to see a demo cycle. Well, recently, as we're working on growing a development team, I've been connecting with uh, lead developers and senior developers, just you know, because I would like to, to hire more senior developers. And it's really interesting because I'm reaching out to these people on LinkedIn with the idea of, of hiring them into the company. And the response that I'm getting back before I even send the message, like, hey, we're looking to grow the team, the response I'm getting back from them is, hey, I'm currently working at X you know, company and I have this problem and I think Cycle can solve it. And so it's like over the last two and a half weeks now, it's been like, 
damn, are we, have we been selling to the wrong people? And that's kind of the, the point of when, uh, when, when we're realizing that we can't sell to the people at the top. We need to sell to the people that are living, breathing the same problems that I was, you know, encountering mm-hmm. when I built Cycle. Because it's those people where, like, to a CTO, Cycle is, I don't want to say it's a nice have, um, because there, there's some really important and no. powerful things in cycle but when you're not when you're not writing code and solving these issues every day it can be a nice have right because i mean if your engineers are dealing with it and at the end of the day you're just like well the, the, that's that's a them problem and as long as it doesn't cost a huge amount of money they can keep solving it um but for them who are yeah. you know, living and breathing these issues um it's, it's just game changing and uh so we've, we started to realize like our as we move forward our, our marketing and sales strategy needs to not be the, who's the CTO. It needs to be who is the most senior person at the company that's writing code. No, it's a good, yeah, that's a great observation for you guys that it's, it's a much quicker sale and it's, and it's probably someone who is, is equally frustrated with the problem like that as, as, as you have been, as you've built cycle. No, it's a good, it's, it's, it's a really good observation and it's, and it's probably, you know, it's what has us focused equally on the investor instead of, I always like finding in business, you know, and, you know, in, in kind of go to market plans, uh, something that's more of a bottom up, like going to, going to the very top is just, they're expensive. There are less people They're Sure. They're the, you know, they, they, they theoretically make the, make the decision, but, but you know how it is when back at single hop, when you were like, we have to rewrite this. The last thing that I'm going to do or any of us are going to do is like, no, you must work on this thing that you say is terrible, you know, a terrible environment to work in. And we're not going to let you improve how you like it. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. So the developer has so much control over, you know, over their environment and uh, or they, you know, they should. They 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 definitely should, at least. Uh, It's a good observation for you guys. I like that. Well, it, it, as you talk about uh, single hop, like this is one of the things I was thinking about as we, as over the last three weeks has this been happening. I was like, okay, back when I was at single hop, we never had Andy Pace, you know, the, the CTO when I was there. We never had Andy yeah. Pace come down to the development team and say, hey, you're going to do X. It was hmm. in terms of like what, what technology we should use. It was, hey, you know, we need as a company, we are moving in this direction. How do we get there? And then, yes, you know, Andy would have the final say on certain things. But it was it was a, hey, here's, a, here's path A and here's path B. It was never a dictation from the top. It was the developers figuring out what made the most sense and then saying, hey, is this is this the right move for, you know, or, are, are you okay with us taking this approach? Um, yeah. And so it's, it's like all, all these different things kind of came together at one time that was like, wow. Like when it starts clicking, I mean, just like how you were saying with with uh, I think the, the the firm's name was iCapital, uh, or yeah. the, the organization's name was iCapital. How their how their their founder had reached out and was like, hey, this is a problem I'm dealing with. Like when you have people starting to reach out to you with the problem, it's like that that it's just that perfect fit, um, and and it's it's yeah. uh, it's really energizing. I think it's called product market fit, and I wouldn't say we're there, <laughs> but you guys. But you guys definitely are. Um, so, so it's yeah. So uh, we'll have to kind of catch up, uh, you know, uh, uh, again as we as we move forward. We're closing, we're closing. So we so we've been at it 15 months now. We actually, much like you did, um, you know, at Single Hop, uh, you know, Naru and team are you know the uh, our our CTO and brought in his development team. Um, maybe six weeks ago said, listen, we've learned a lot with the existing platform, but we need to rewrite it. 
And so it's, it, you know, to, to kind of illustrate your point, you don't say no to that. You go, okay, let's take the time and let's do that. Um, but, but now we've built what we believe is, 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 is really pretty scalable. And over the next, over the next uh, few months especially, we'll be bringing on users, listening really closely. We close our round Friday, uh, which will be exciting. And, and uh, you know, we'll start to expand our team a bit. Um, and, and hopefully be at a point where we can, like you guys, really start ramping up, you know, sales and marketing. But it's, a, you know, it's, 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 it's been exciting. It's been a really exciting watching Cycle grow and, you know, and figure out who your customer is, what your, your strongest offering. And, the, you know, we've, uh, we actually, you know, as you know, the, you know, the studio, the Venture Studio was like, listen, we're going to be far more effective on Cycle and, and and so and so that that you know we made that change early on so we didn't grow somewhere else that was going to be inefficient and you know more cost effective and and all of that we made the we made the change early. Um, and, and, but that and that shows the model, right? Like that, that that shows that shows the model of of you know once you get developers introduced to cycle how much time it saves them and, and what they need to do um, and that the fact that they'll keep building projects on top of it. But yeah. um, as we begin to ramp up or to, to wrap up, uh, you're talking about building your team. Are you currently hiring? If so, what positions? Uh, who's a good fit for uh, Alt Exchange? Like, are, are you fully remote? Uh, uh, anything that you could share with yeah. the audience for that? Yeah, yeah, we are we are fully remote with occasional ski trips out to Vail, Colorado. Uh, but we we are remote and. Um, uh, right now, so so as I said, we're we're in this product market fit. What I what I like to do is I, I I like to produce content pretty early and get on SEO. And so so right now we're hiring for content to expand our team, uh, our content team. So folks that that you know that 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 stay on top of alternative investments, whether it's uh, contributing to crypto or it's contributing to private equity or venture or, you know, anything really. So, so we're hiring for content and PR. And then in the next few months, uh, we'll expect to close another round. At that point, we'll be um, expanding our engineering and uh, uh, customer service team. Excellent. And if, uh, if anyone watching this who is, you know, uh, an, an investor that has invested in many alts and things like that, if they want to get in contact with, with you or your team, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, they can go to altexchange.com, but then they can also email me direct at Zach at altexchange, so Z-A-K at altexchange.com. And there's no... You know, reach out, please, if you're investing alts, because we're we're really at this at this point developing, uh, you know, building building the product for the investor, you know, and you know, and alts. So so we love uh, all of the feedback that we can that we can get right now. Excellent, excellent. Well, um, you know, Zach, it was great to have you on the sh- uh, on the podcast, uh, and you know, all that we've known each other for again, 14 years now, which is insane. Uh, It's really exciting to to see you build a a company on top of Cycle and looking forward to to growing our businesses together. And um, it's, it's a fun time. It is. Thanks so much, Jay. Appreciate it, man. 